Hey, all you spicy boys, it's a special Thursday episode of the Raheel Show podcast with my buddy David Nuno of ABC 13. We had Stefano Fasaro of, a- of ESPN, excuse me, join us as well to talk about what's going to happen in the NBA. And guess what? Today is so special because we have officially launched the Spicy Boy t-shirts, the official Raheel Show podcast t-shirts, only printing a limited amount. You can find the link in the bio of this episode. I will also give you 20% off because it is a grand opening for the t-shirt sale. 20% off with promo code SPICY. That will pretty much take care of shipping for you. Get your tank top, your t-shirt, long sleeve, and women's t-shirts as well. Spicy Boy Summer is here. Get those t-shirts. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. You can also donate on Venmo, but get those t-shirts. Get something in return. I'm so excited and so thankful for your support. Now, without further ado, here it is, David Nuno and Stefano Fasaro. Well, hello, little buddies. David Nuno and my little buddy, Raheel Ramzanali. Hey, man. How are you? That was a really awkward intro for the uh, the show, but I, I must say we've upgraded the property here. We've got some ABC 13 logo without permission. We are we're making this a real fake show. I know. We really are. It's going to look nice. We're adding a little production value for once, and... Hopefully, this is all going to go off smoothly. I'm so excited, man. On Facebook, you can watch as well on Periscope. David, we are going bigger. We're going stronger. We are ready for the big fight here. And the big fight being this conversation. Well, there's a lot to get into. I know that um, we're going to talk some sports. We'll talk some nonsense. We're going to try to do this a little bit more often now that... um, I don't know. I mean, we're both working from home. I'm working from home differently than you. <laughs> you, Yeah, my work is defined as unemployed right now. So thank you for being kind about it. Working from home, a.k.a. not working, a.k.a. I'm I'm excited to be doing this with you because now we do have some more time. And, uh, you know, it's good to catch up. And then today, not only is it going to be us two, David, but we wanted to catch up with one of our good friends, Stefano Fusaro. Fusaro. I like calling him Fusaro, but it's Fusaro. And I prefer you to call him by Stefano. Uh, that I would like, be. I like I saying Stefano. He's not Gwen Stefani. All right. He's <laughs> Stefano. Uh, Fusaro. Um, and uh, yeah, we're talking a little bit about life at ESPN. We're, uh, and, and he covers you some sports for ESPN. Beyond that, I think he covered, he's got the New Orleans beat. I think he's got the Cowboy beat as well. So he's kind of all over the place, although Edward would probably push him. He gets too close to the Cowboys. Uh, so we'll we'll chat a little bit with him. I'm kidding with Ed. Uh, but I, I'm happy that our show looks like a normal show right now. You know, uh-huh. like I'm, I'm happy about that. I know. I like it. Big assist from people. Uh, I don't want to say their names right now because I don't want to get in trouble. But big assist by everyone. Thank you so much. And let's get into it, man. What? How's your week been? It's been almost a week since we last talked. Um. Well, Rahizi, uh, how do I say this without – I broke my foot. Okay. Oh. I broke my foot. Wait, what? Don't act surprised. You knew. You knew. But I broke no, no, my foot. For TV purposes, what? What happened? Now? What happened? Uh, and by the way, to me, it's a very minor injury, although everybody's very concerned. Um, I've got folks that I work with, hey, you got to take it easy. And I got folks like, you know, you can take some time off. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm good. Uh, I can't go for a run. I broke my uh, fifth metatarsal, a little, little tiny fracture, easy. Like, I mean, it's. My foot looks disgusting, and I'm never going to be a foot model, and I would never put my feet on camera. Uh, but especially the first day, it really got huge. 
um, got a, um, x-rays done and it's a, it's a minor fracture. I will be out of sports action for a week. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be back stronger after this broken foot recovers, right? I'm going to be, I'm, I'm guaranteeing it. I'll find, uh, in a couple of days, I'm not supposed to be walking around and I really haven't, I've done a good job of, I, I should have it always elevated. I don't do that. Um, just cause I got kids, I got eat, I got to move around. Like it's just stuff to do, but man, it's, it's so funny, man. When Go it ahead. happened, so when it happened, did you know immediately it was a break? I immediately it was, yeah. Oh, immediately it's like, oh, I broke something. Me, that was the first thought. Then I was like, maybe I just twisted my ankle. Then I got up and finished the game. So, so those of you who don't know, I play a very intense three v three soccer game versus my twin boys that are going to be twelve here. Christian Cruz is going to be twelve in June, uh, and our my nephew Mason, who's fifteen. They're very good. All right, those three versus Isla, my youngest, who's seven, Annalise, who's nine, who's going on thirty, and myself. And it was just a fluke play. I went to make a defensive play, and I stepped wrong. I it, it was embarrassing, um, but I finished the game, Raheel, um, and with a with a minor fracture. I'm sure I made it worse, uh, but yeah, it, it sucks though, dude. Like, yeah. I, I I would much rather be running today and lifting weights and going to do other types of stories. Uh, as much as I'm happy to be on the show with you, but yeah, that's that's where we are now. If you if you told me that of all the people that I know in my life. And let's keep it more specific to like our tight circle of friends. And we got an anonymous text message. The whole group did, right? And it said, hey, one of you just broke your foot playing against kids in a soccer game. Who would it be? If you had to put your money on it, I Shrek. think all of us it would say all of us would say Nuno. I would say Shrek. No chance. He doesn't take anything that seriously. Well, this is true. I did take, I was very serious. Like I, I'm an enforcer out there. I don't care if you're 11, I'm going to foul you. Like if you come in my box, you're going to get fouled. Um, but I mean, I, I literally, I'll be out of action for a month and I'll be fine. You know, yeah. like nothing. Um, how, so did you go to the ER? Did you go to the urgent care? How'd you get it all fixed? So, uh, day one, um, I, I knew something was wrong. And I, and that evening I was like, it's, it was getting a little swollen. I was like, I'll probably, I'll, I'll send the doctor an email. When I woke up the next morning, I couldn't walk. And that's when I knew this was something. When I say I couldn't walk, it was just difficult. Like it was, I looked like a, you know, very difficult sliding my foot and it just didn't feel good. Then I got the x-rays done at, at my doctor's office. Um, and he's like, well, looking at it, it looks broken. Touching it and seeing your, your, your response makes me feel like it's not broken. Because it didn't really hurt. Like mm -hmm. it, it just felt uncomfortable. But whatever. Look, so, hold on. Last thing. Did you have to yeah. go when you went in? Like how was that in? in the world that we're in right now, what was it like going in? Did you, you know, face mask, all that stuff? What was it like? This is why they pay you the big bucks here, Raheel, on the uh, Raheel Show podcast. Uh, you asked the tough questions. So when I went to my doctor's office, immediately they took my temperature. That's the first yeah. thing they did. They asked me about seven questions. Have I been with anybody with COVID? Do I know anybody with COVID? Uh, all, the, all the things you can imagine. You know, they wipe, you know, I had to sanitize, went in. The doctor's office was, you know, there was two people in there, me and another patient, and we were very far. They had seats blocked off where you couldn't sit. That part was normal. Uh, the x-ray situation, not so normal. Huh. Uh, first off, the room was packed, but like not packed, like packed accordingly, right? You could only have, let's, whatever the number was, let's say eight people in the room. I don't remember what the number was. They were all spread out, but I had to wait outside before I could go in there. 
And when I got in there, I chose what I thought would be a prime location for the receptionist and all the people to see me to remember that I need to go, right? Because mm-hmm. I felt like, obviously, my time is very important. That's how I... I I'm un- David Nuno on ABC 13, okay? I, I, well, I had the mask on, so n- nobody would recognize me, okay? <laughs> You're just David, yeah. You couldn't see the Nuno. Right, and I'm in Jays and, you know, a, a triathlon t-shirt like I normally am. So that was the, at that point. Unfortunately... I sat maybe five chairs away from a lady who, if she didn't have COVID, she had something. Because every four seconds was like, (laughs) and I'm like looking at her like, I don't want to be rude, but I'm like, ma'am, like, you just can't be coughing out here. Like, you know, like, and and I'm not the only one looking at her, but I'm the closest to her. And I'm I'm giving her like, really? Like, you're going to clear your throat every nine seconds next to me? Oh, no. and, and then, like, she's watching stuff on her Facebook, on her phone, and it's loud. Like, bring AirPods, a headphone. I don't want to hear what you're watching. You know, I'm, I don't need to watch Gail, uh, Oprah's friend. Like, whatever. I don't, I don't need to watch that. Like, it, just put your headphones on. Move on. Right? Just like the person who talks on the yeah. cell phone next to you. Go outside. You don't need to do it there. Okay, but would you have been better with it if she was on the ABC 13 app and she was watching stories from that morning? Like Tom Cook stories, uh, Alita maybe doing weather. Would you be like, oh, okay, I'm okay with this. If, if she recognized me, if she did, if she did, I'd be like, well, ma'am, <laughs> yes, ma'am. So foot one month, you're you're gonna be back. You're gonna be fine. You can't do anything, right? Like you can't do push-ups. You can't do air squats. Nothing. Officially, Bro. officially, Bro. you can't. Off the record, will you be doing them? <laughs> Do you think I worked out yesterday? In your yes. guess, hundred percent. Do you think I worked out for more than an hour? Yes, you're right. I did, but I didn't do legs. So there, there, there's that. I did okay. upper body. I mean, to me, I'm like, I can sit in a chair and do shoulders. I yeah. can, um, you know, stand up and maybe, you know, do del or rear delts, whatever. Yeah. I'm, now, I think this morning I had a little pain when I woke up, and my wife's like, "Of course, like you're dumb." You know, you were working out yesterday. I'm not walking around though. Like I, I couldn't go like walk to the galleria or go do a shoot and like, you know, walk around with equipment. But like I feel like sitting in your chair doing bicep curls, no big deal. Yeah, that's fine. On a scale of on a scale of one to annoying Instagram influencer, where do I rank for posting my workout yesterday on my Instagram page at Raheel Doing Things? So I, I'm fifty fifty on this. There's a part of me that wish I could do stuff like that so I could get those likes and those retweets, you know, the Chauncey Raheel <laughs> post. We're like, oh, look at those biceps. Oh, they're real strong. Hey, yeah. no, there's a part of me that's kind of jealous, right? Because I it, that's just not my style. The other part is, please don't do that. We don't, I do I mean, it. I just, if, if you don't have a fitness license, I don't need you posting workouts. <laughs> if you haven't got your ACE or your ASCM, whatever the, the licenses are, you know, keep it to like keep it to the pros and then everyone's a pro now on instagram i follow a lot of um strength training things mm-hmm. everybody is a liar they do the photoshop they do oh, this is what i do i eat five meals a day and i do that come on like look do it every once in a while not daily yeah that that's why i wanted to post a real workout like me in a t-shirt and my dog laying down there and that you know i wanted to show people that this is a workout anybody can do because if i can do it so can you, and I believe in you. So that's why I posted it. But as soon as I posted it, I said, 
I hope Nuno doesn't see this. I oh, hope I Nuno. Oh, I know you saw it. I absolutely you saw it. Hey, man, those are the best core workout you, and bicep curls. Are you a liker? Like, do you like things on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, or are you just a skimmer? Like, it you depends, just it depends who posted it. Yeah, because I now now it doesn't matter on Instagram as much. Like, who stuff you like, you can't tell anymore. But before, I didn't want you know, like I follow a lot of the competition. Uh, I follow a lot of different people, and I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I want the public knowing I like this. So I didn't, but now I do. I don't care anymore. Well, look, there's a part of me that's jealous, yeah, right? Yeah. There's a part. Like, I, I, I wish I had um, the vanity of a real Ramzanal, like, to be able to post, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I wish. I, yeah. I, you know, like, every once in a while, like, yeah, look at the two, you know, the elevator. I'm just telling you. Way, I, the push-up push video, I loved it. I was like, okay, there's some definition coming through here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, um, I'm going to ask you about some sports stuff real quickly as well, because uh, it does say sports really big on top of us. So we should talk a little sports here. Major Can I pause baseball. you for a second? Yeah, tell me. So we have a, an executive producer on this show that's not very involved. Uh, his name is Marcus. Mm-hmm. He just texted me a moment ago. He didn't know about our show. That's how often we use him. And um, he asked me, he goes, did you break your foot? Yes, Marcus. We send Marcus the link. Let's bring him in here. <laughs> no. no, I knew it. No, uh, good. It's like Marcus, it's like Juan. Juan yeah. will show up randomly at my house. Like he knows how Juan Beltran, who works at Channel Thirteen, he knows how protective I am of COVID and and just of life. And he'll show up. Homeboy's been probably at LAX. Like he's been all over the place. <laughs> Shows up, touches my weights, editing, gives my kids a hug. I'm like, bro, I don't even hug my parents. I'd like blow him a kiss. Like he, he's touched. Marcus is very similar to Juan. Oh no, you don't want that. Don't put that on Marcus. Come on. <laughs> um, you're you going to throw me some sports topics. Yeah. I want to, I want to ask you a few things about sports real quickly. There's a lot going on. Obviously we're all trying to get back into the sports schedule, trying to figure out will sports come back and, Look, one of these leagues are going to have to be first. And whoever it is, they're going to go through the ups and downs. There's going to be positive tests, all of that. And we'll discuss that regarding the NBA with uh, Stefano, Stefano Fasaro yep. uh, from ESPN. But uh, between us, let's talk about this. Major League Baseball. Yep. A lot, of, uh, a lot of discussion right now regarding who are you backing. Are you backing the players? And, and by that, I mean, hey, you know what? Don't take the pay cut and don't play. Or are you backing the owners where you're siding with, hey, players, you go ahead and take a play, uh, a pay cut and go ahead and play because America needs this. Where are you, you leaning in all this? I don't know. And I know that's not a very fun uh, sports radio way of answering. I don't know how I feel about it because, look, I think America does need sports, right? Like, um Selfishly, I'm looking forward to this week, and there'll be some soccer. Bundesliga is going to be playing, uh, for those who don't know Germany, and I, uh, the German league. And I, and I love watching soccer. So the, the, I'm excited about some real sports to watch, to be able to talk about on TV and, and, I, and on this video podcast. Um, there's, so there's a lot of things I'm excited about. But look, I get it. Like, if you're a player, is it worth going away from your family, you know, th- depending on which model they use, right, um, and, and, and playing at a reduced rate? Uh, as a fan, yeah, I think I think it is. You're, they should, right? As a fan, 
But then if I would put myself in Lance McCullough's shoes, who had a baby not too long ago, um, do I really want to put myself in that position, being away, being around guys, touching a base? I don't, so, so like I would need to know a lot from the scientific community if I were one of the guinea pigs. And I do believe sports athletes who, you know, like if you talk, depending on who you talk to, more, more than likely, all of us are going to be fine if we get it. But we don't know. You know, there's new things about this, um, uh, and I'm all over the place on this, but there was that report, I believe, in the New York Times on Monday or Sunday about how kids are now developing like a different form and this different disease from it. um, That And it's just, we don't know enough. Look, I want sports. If it's safe and the players feel safe, why not do 50% pay cut? Because it's more money you would have made if you don't play, and it's some kind of therapy for, for the world. But I totally understand not wanting to put you or your family at risk. I totally do. And, and it's so unfair. You know, I'd be a hypocrite if I said, man, you know, come on, players, just just bite the bullet. They're going to be testing. You're going to be safe, hopefully. You know, what are the chances of you catching it in your day-to-day as opposed to being in uh, in season and where you're going to be quarantined a lot, you're going to be spending time with the same people over and over, you know, those numbers will work themselves out. But I'd be a hypocrite if I said, come on, players, go play. And then you ask me right now, you go, hey, Raheel, do you want to go play? Do you want to put yourself at risk because of everything you mentioned? You know what I don't want? Even though I'm, I, you know, yes, we will be fine. And you, you, you hope you'll be fine. But I don't want to be that 0.0% uh, 0.01% that gets super sick from it, even though you are young, healthy, all that, no underlying conditions. And that's the risk, right? Like how much will it impact the rest of their lives if they do get it? Blake Snell, uh, I don't know if you saw that clip this morning that was going viral. And he's, you know, he's talking about the same concerns I had. I had a conversation with Julia Morales who's expecting, by the way, she, you know, she announced her pregnancy. There's a chance she's going to get back to work, right? And if she's out there, what if she gets it, right? There's this like big fear, but there are long-term conditions that will come from this. Do you want damaged lungs? I don't. I love my VO2 max number where it is right now, David. I don't want to impact it. But, but when there's millions on the line with that, man, that is a tough ask. And I'm with the players on this and I'm always pro player, don't take a pay cut. You know what? You're it's billionaires versus millionaires. And I'm going to side with the players on this one. Hey billionaires, guess what? You're going to have a season where you're not going to have as much profit. That's on you. You'll be fine. So will the players. But if I had to pick a side, I'm going hey players, don't take a pay cut. But then you got players, so the Justin Verlanders of the world who have made and look the more money you make, it hurts, right? Whatever level, I know that they say, you know, it doesn't affect Justin as much as it affects a, an A-ball guy. But for the, all sakes and purposes, it, it all affects us, right, in different ways. But those A-ball players, the, the, the guy who's just barely making the major leagues, who's making the league minimum, whatever it may be, um, who is 25 years old, hasn't put, built up enough equity in his home or, or in any kind of uh, savings mechanism, I mean, they're, they're thinking tomorrow and these next couple of weeks. They're not thinking down the line. So I, I, I think for everybody, it's a different position. And I would hate it to be a, you know, a scabs situation where some people cross the pick line, some don't kind of thing. And we give you some kind of baseball based on who's willing to do it. I just, I just hope it becomes safer and it's an easier decision because right now, look, there's a lot of people, it depends on what camp you belong to. 
There's the herd immunity camp. We just got to live, right? And there's like, hey, guys, let's slow down. And when it comes to sports, I just don't know if the risk is worth it yet, even though selfishly, I can't wait. This Like if this MLS thing happens, Raheel, that they're talking about, this you know June um, Champions League-style tournament that all the teams would go to Orlando and play at the Walt Disney World Soccer Complex and you know they'll all be housed in the same place. I'm, I would be so excited for – for sports in America, for soccer, for the MLS to showcase their talent when there aren't any other American sports really being played or team sports being played. Um, that would be awesome. But there's still a huge risk with that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let us know what you think. We do see your comments if you are if you are watching on Facebook or on Periscope. We do see your comments. Let us know what you think. Uh, another I don't one, see the about... comments, but I guess I could. Uh, yeah, in the upper right, you should see them. Do you see them now? I've got them up here. Like here, for for example, check this out. I'm gonna post our buddy David Whitlock. He says, "Are you sure you don't want to? You don't want my workout video? No, David, I don't want yours. Absolutely not. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are watching. And if you're listening to this on the audio side of things, you can always join us for live conversations as well. Just follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Raheel Doing Things, Facebook.com/slash ABC13. David Nuno. Hey, uh, Anthony Weaver, a buddy of ours, old old to, uh, old school buddy from the old Texans days. Did you see his press conference yesterday? And did you get a chance to read all of it? Well, let me correct you here. I would not say we're buddies. Um, Good he friend was, of the show. Well, he was friends with you and Sean and Granado, like and, and Lance. Like, I, I of course I know Anthony from covering him over the years, but like you guys are like. Did radio with him back in the day. I, I wasn't a part of the A team like you guys were. Uh, yeah, I, I I didn't watch the press conference. I read it and heard it. Uh, he said some very exciting things. Uh, you know, who knows what what anything means, right? It, it kind of reminds me of two, three, whatever it was, three years ago when Vrabel took over as the defensive coordinator, and you know, it felt like you weren't sure is it going to be a little of the same, you know? But then Vrabel kind of put his own little imprint on that defense, and for all, all the sounds of it, uh, I think Weaver is going to. At least he's saying the right things, and I know he's very well respected in that um, in that locker room and also in the NFL. He's he's bringing some ideas that I like. He talked a little bit about those exotic defensive looks, how they're going to need JJ, and how they're excited about taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Words that could scare you, but um, you know all these things that I want to hear from our defensive coordinator. He he was saying them. Okay, what did you think about the quote that I loved? Okay, I love this. I envision our defense being representative of our city. What does that mean to you? Because there's, you know, I tweeted this out this morning, and I always had a joke about, you know, uh, P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker embodies the spirit of Houston. He's tough. We, we survive and we will make sure that we all get by your great teammate, all that good stuff that embodies the spirit of the city. I always joked about it. Like, it, you know, people gave me a lot of crap about it, but he truly does. Do you think the Texans are going to be able to capture that magic of our city and be a representative of our, a representative of our city? Because a lot of people this morning were just clowning on the quote. So, it's a quote and people jump on like words, like they, like they're more than just words. Right. So when I think about Houston and what the fabric of our city is, I think of people like Mario Ellie. I think about people uh, like you mentioned, PJ Tucker, um, those workhorse guys, those lockdown guys. Uh, do I think the Texans are going to be that potentially, mm -hmm. but like, 
I feel like the Texans are very similar to the Rockets when it comes to show me when it counts, right? There, there's nothing but love for Deshaun Watson, uh, but people are very apathetic. They're going to go watch that team no matter what, right? And people say they won't, but they will. Uh, and, and But they're very apathetic when it comes to the product because they feel like it's the same thing, even though it's been a, a fun run. If you take a step back, the division championships, you know, a, a win away from the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but people are very apathetic to, towards Bill, towards his um, offensive philosophy, to his um, his general manager skills. I think there's certain moves that people are like, wow, that was a brilliant move. And other moves are like, dude, you traded De- uh, DeAndre for nothing. So uh, with the Texans, is, it's going to be, what can you show me? What can you prove to me? And unfortunately, like it's been for the Rockets for many years, it may take a magical moment in the postseason for people to jump on. They're going to get their people. People are going to go watch their games, and if Deshaun Watson's the quarterback and he's not injured, there's going to be excitement level no matter what. Okay, more importantly now, when he says envision our defense being representative of our city, what part of the city? Like, are we talking A-Leaf or are we talking Kingwood? Are we talking Katy or are we talking Richmond Rosenberg? What part of the city do you think it's going to envision? If I were to open this up to the public, (laughs) I would think you want your defense to be A-Leaf, right? Yeah, right. you, you want it to be a little grimy, a little, you know, that little snapback A-leaf mentality. Offense. Caesar cut. You, you want a lot of Caesar cuts on defense. <laughs> you know you had a Caesar cut growing up. Don't lie. I, I, not growing up. Unfortunately, I had the Caesar cut for you. You would have been a child. I was a freshman in college when I had the Caesar cut. Oh, no. At A&M? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not my best look. Not the best. Okay, sorry. Offense. Uh, offense, you want more of a Carlton from the Fresh Prince feel you know that's okay you know you know now you want to be able to dip it depends in today's nfl right back in the 80s you would want more of that smash mouth chicago bears up the middle i think now you just want to be able to light it up baby you want to be floyd mayweather yeah. you want to be you know making noise i can't wait man the defense is gonna it's gonna look like they're on uh swangers and i hope i hope they don't move like they're on um you know purple drink because that wouldn't be good <laughs> like if you're really gonna envision our city Okay, envision our defense looking like our city. Can I tell you a secret? Uh, you know, fast, fit people, <laughs> not uh, not purple drink, okay? I'll say it. So, Raheel, you just came across to me as the old guy at the club uh, because you dropped the purple drink mm-hmm. and swangers, and it just didn't sound very off. Like, you used to be the no. young guy, and now you've jumped over to the guy in the tight shorts and the headband at the basketball gym <laughs> That's who you've become here. I've been him for a while, so I yeah. joined my team. You you don't have the young street cred that you used to that you can say it like it, it came across too adult like. What if okay, what if the players instead of a mouthpiece are using grills? Huh? What do you think about that? That will capture our city. I I pray that that happens. Okay. <laughs> we go from the letter jackets to the grills on uh Thursday night football to start the season against the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, my goodness. Where's Connor Barwin when you need him? That would be phenomenal. Hey, Luca's here. Look at this. Look at this. Hold on. Check this out. Our first guest on the show. It is the legend himself. Congratulations, buddy. Okay. I, Dave is saying I'm saying your name wrong. I said Stefano. That's right. No, that's not what you said. 
Stefano. I said Stefano. He said Gwen Stefano. I said Stefano. Stefano Fissaro, ESPN reporter. You can follow him on Twitter at Fissaro ESPN. That's F-U-S-A-R-O ESPN for those of you listening on the audio side. Man, thank you for joining us and congratulations. David told me you're a new dad now. Yeah, just in time to be stuck in the house for four months with a brand new newborn baby and not go to work. So it's been great. That's actually the best timing, isn't it, David? 100%. Dude, I mean, I, I look like people are asking me how I'm hand. I've worked from home a lot. I've gone in, uh, but it's it's been awesome to be able to be at a studio, you know, and, and but be with my kids at all times. I can imagine as a new dad, like it's like you're not missing some of those moments that sometimes you would miss if you're out on the road. Hundred percent. It's it's been actually a blessing to be able to be home during this time uh, with the baby and, and kind of you know just really being able to help out my wife. I, I know she's been very grateful while she was on maternity leave. So it's been, it was nice to to be able to be here for that. If there's a silver lining to all this, that was it. Uh, being able to be here and watch my daughter her first uh, three months of her life. So it's been cool. This is y'all's first baby. Yep, first one. Man, and a daughter. that You could not have asked yeah. for a better setup, man. It's the best. You don't want boys. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Right? You don't want boys. I was like team boy the whole time. You want a girl. Okay, they're sweeter. They're easier. They they don't break your foot playing soccer like what happened to David. So <laughs> you just want you want a girl. Yeah. It, it, it's awesome. Like, same thing, right? I was team boy. I wanted a boy. I want to play ball with my boy. Yeah, this girl's got me wrapped around her finger, and she's only been, she's only been born for three months. So, yeah, it's been a... It's been quite, it's been a quite an incredible experience to say the least, for sure. Hey, uh, Stefano, let's talk a little bit about the Last Dance. Uh, I'm sure you've been watching. We all have. I've seen you tweet about it. Uh, I, I had a conversation with one of the Dynamo players. Sorry to make it about soccer, guys, but um, I'm when, all cool. I'm all cool with it. You know that. I know you are, and I know Raheel is. But I'm just curious, like, out of all the athletes out there, who embodies that Jordan spirit to you? And it doesn't. I would say currently, like. Because you know who my answer is going to be. It's very simple. To me, it's it's the number seven, but I'll just leave it at that. Who out there embodies that killer mentality, um, win at all costs, even if you tick off your teammates, and it can be in all walks of sports? I mean, who who is it in your in your eyes? That is a tough one, right? Because I think that there's not a lot of athletes that have had that kind of mentality uh, where it's just like do whatever, absolutely whatever it takes to win with no regard for what the consequences might be. Uh, I think the easy answer would have been, uh, obviously, as a retired athlete and, and, and the late Kobe Bryant, I think, would have, is an easy answer. But I hate to say it, David, but Cristiano actually kind of makes sense in that atmosphere. He does not care who, who likes him, who doesn't. Uh, he will try to do whatever it takes to win at all costs. He is performing at a very late age, still performing at the highest level to one of one or two or the top three players in the world. So, yeah, I hate to say it because you know my feelings about him, about Mr. Cristiano Ronaldo, but I, I kind of do think that that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Raheel, I'd love to get your, your thought on it. Look, and I'll just say this. The guy wins. Uh, his his teammates actually do love him, but he does take him off. It's kind of like a little bit more than Jordan. He's He's got more of a tough love and then hug you after the game kind of feel. Uh, but, I, look, Tom Brady obviously has it in a different way. They all have certain aspects of that killer mentality, which is what I – I always hold against LeBron, maybe because I'm an old man, as great as LeBron is. And I think that ESPN rankings probably had it right, him at number two. I think MJ is number one. Um, you know, he's not the killer that MJ was that I think CR7 is, um, that Tiger probably was at, in his day as well. 
how about this? Let me throw a wild card at you guys. It's still early, okay? Because you still have to win multiple championships to be in this discussion. But since we're talking about mentality, never giving up, you're, you make winning plays. It doesn't matter what's happened in the game. It's a guy who just won the Super Bowl. Can I throw Mahomes at you? Would you consider that mentality? How many times have we seen him trailing in a game, not having a good game, and he still comes back and wins a game? Let me throw that out there for you. It's still, it's look, you still got to do it over and over again. But potential, I'm betting on him becoming that mentality guy for the future. And David, you're shaking your head because if he was a Houston Texan, you'd be on board. But no. because he plays for the Chiefs. <laughs> no, you, you just troll. You're just doing it for responses. No, no, no. he's too nice. Patrick Mahomes is the kind of guy you want to give a hug to, invite him over for cookies and milk. Like, he's not like – I'm talking about a stone cold killer. Does he kill you on the field? Yes, but he's a happy killer. I'm okay. talking about okay. I'm talking like like an assassin who's like, you know, punch you in the face at practice and you know, like you better come to practice early. I think Patrick would call you and say, Hey man, are you having problems at home? How can I help? You know, <laughs> yeah. that's that's the difference. Well, you want a bad teammate. Kind of. <laughs> A, a teammate, a, a teammate that's gonna give you, that's gonna like actually push you and piss you off a little bit. I think. Yeah, I feel like Patrick Mahomes is the guy who, who you know, scrambles for thirty yards, throws a fifty-yard touchdown pass, and then turns around to the defensive line and says, "Hey, good luck, good, good try there. Thank you. I appreciate, the, appreciate the effort. Thanks." Yeah, that's not the guy who I think is. I don't think that's the mentality guy. Uh, I do think it's gonna kill you on the field, but yeah, not not the guy who's gonna have that mentality of just like I'm gonna try, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to win. Whatever it takes to, to convince you that this is what we need to do to win, even if that pisses you off. And maybe there are no current athletes that embody that. You know, Ronaldo is one of them. But uh, sticking to the big three here, MLB, NBA, and uh, NFL, maybe these athletes have come up in a time where they've learned that, hey, you don't have to be an a-hole. You don't have to be a guy like that to get the best out of your teammates. And maybe the end of that Jordan kind of and Kobe even you know embodied that where it's just win at all costs uh, it doesn't matter if you don't like me I'm here to win maybe that athlete is now changed into we're gonna win but I I don't have to be an a-hole about this I, I, I what I think and I think it's very glaring in the difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron James we live in an era I think where everybody wants to be liked they want to be liked they want to be loved by everyone and and I guess MJ and that, he just didn't care. And I think that's the biggest difference. Look, I'll, I'll be frank with you. I think LeBron James is a much more talented player than Michael Jordan was. The main difference, in my opinion, is LeBron was anointed the king at, what, what was it? When was he on the cover of that magazine? When he was 15, 16, 17 years yep. old? He was already anointed the king. And Jordan was cut from his high school team. He had to battle to make it. He had to work to get there. And I think that that's why he appreciated that a little bit more. And that's why I think he has that attitude, that mentality, that killer instinct that maybe LeBron sometimes will lack, albeit a great athlete and a great basketball player, obviously. Look, we, we, today's athlete is different. So when we talk about LeBron being the greatest uh, or better athlete than Michael, I also think we know more things than we did 20 years ago, which is why we see all these athletes. So like, if you, it's kind of like you take the fueling um, aspect of it and how to eat and how to drink and how to, uh, treat your body it's a completely different world now and also the mindset Le lebron's had to deal with things that michael never had to 100 percent recognize that and they're all amazing in their own right I, I don't think we appreciated kobe bryant enough during his play day um i didn't 
you know, I appreciate his attitude, but I, you know, he was a villain. Like I didn't love him. Uh, LeBron's been both a villain and, and beloved, uh, you know, Michael, for the most part, was completely beloved, except for the gambling thing, which obviously took a lot out of him. But it wasn't during the days of social media. So, um, look, it, there's no right or wrong answer. If you have LeBron on your team, you're probably going to win a bunch of championships. If you have Michael, if you have CR7, if you have Messi, there's a lot of people that you, you – they're just different styles of great winners. Messi's a little quieter. Patrick Mahomes is your buddy. Deshaun Watson, to me, is kind of in the middle, guys. And we get to see yeah. him up close, guys, all three of us. He is, I think he can be, he's still young, but he can be the kind of mean guy in the clubhouse, in the locker room if you need him to be. He's also going to be the guy who's going to text you and say, hey, we're going to work this out. We're going to make this work. Hey, man, can I throw with you? Uh, I think Deshaun might have the recipe that you need uh, to, to be a champion. Yeah, he could. Um, I, I want to go to the NBA real quickly because – uh, I know we only have you for uh, a limited time here, Stefano. So let's talk about the NBA. See, I said Stefano, Stefano. I know. I, I just want to see you. You got, you got it right. Got see, it right. Stefano, I got you. Uh, the NBA. Stefano. Yeah, Stefano. Just call him S. You got That's it? what I do. Just, yeah, yeah, just I'm call calling him. you Steph. I'm just calling you Steph from now on. Uh, okay, so the NBA. We talked about Major League Baseball, but let's go to the NBA. You've been covering everything that's going on. So many details coming out. With everything going on, should the NBA return? Uh, my opinion is if, if we're not taking away – if they're not taking away tests from the public, uh, then yeah. Uh, whether that needs to be in a bubble in, in, in some city specifically, I, I do believe that a great number of players do want to play. I think we know that from, from reports out there and from different reporting that I've done as well. There are players that definitely want to get back on the court. And there's also uh, a group of players who, who still have their doubts. And I think that goes across all sports, really. Um, I do believe that they're not taking any tests from the general public. It would be a service, I think, to the people uh, of this country that are yearning for something, something live, something entertaining uh, to get back on the court. And, and obviously in the safest way possible. I do think that it would be it would be good to have, and I think it would gain popularity. I mean, we're talking about numbers. It would gain a lot of popularity. Whatever sport comes back first, it's going to gain a ton of fans. Uh, we're going to see it this weekend with the German Bundesliga. There's going to be fans of German soccer across the world because it's the first team sport that's back. Let me pause everybody here because I'm curious. I know people think that, but do we really think – there are fans in the United States that aren't soccer fans. They're going to wake up Saturday and Sunday morning and be like, you know what? I'm going to try this soccer thing. I don't. I hope, I hope that's the case, but I don't know. Maybe not casual American fans, but I think if you like soccer and you're used to watching the Premier, the Premier League uh, on the weekends or, I mean, hell, even if you like watching the MLS, you're going to watch something and you're going to watch yeah. some soccer. I, I do think that will be yeah, maybe not a overwhelming majority of, you know, the numbers won't be absolutely insane, but I think you will have fans here growing and watching the Bundesliga, maybe even getting hooked on a team and following that team. Yeah, we see the numbers from the UFC coming in. Uh, yeah, UFC fight night. Um, uh, last night, you had UFC 249 over the weekend. They're posting incredibly strong numbers. We've seen the Jordan documentary, and maybe those numbers would have been strong anyways, but there is this thirst for live sports. There's this thirst to watch something together. And if the NBA did come back, I think the, the ratings would be out the roof. I, I I mean, look, the NBA ratings haven't been that great in terms of 
the product that's out there. It's a, it's a world-class product, obviously, and it's better than it's ever been, but the ratings have never reflected that. It would be bonkers what the ratings would do if it's the only game in town. Let me, let me jump in here because you said something, and you're probably right, Raheel. It probably has never been better. I haven't enjoyed the NBA in, in quite a while. I still enjoy it. Please don't get me wrong. I think it's I'm 43, about to be 44. It's it, I remember thinking to myself when when Charles and Hakeem were playing, there were people who were saying it was way better in the 80s. I know I've become the old guy in the club too, just like where Hill was earlier. But like I, I was watching this documentary, The Last Dance, and I'm like remembering how much fun it was to watch the Pistons and the Bulls, to watch that Craig. I saw that Craig Elo shot by Jordan. Um when, when it went down, I saw it like all the, and all those, and that was the kind of basketball I liked the triangle offense, the, uh, the way the Rockets used to play, throw it into dream attack, throw it out for a three point shot. You know, the, the point forward that Rudy Tomjanovich did develop, like all those things. Uh, I used to love it. Like uh, a stretch forward, excuse me. I, I used to love that. Uh, and I don't love the NBA. Like I used to, uh, I don't like, the, the 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 type of defense they play and, the, and even the type of offense, I should. I just don't get into it like I used to. I mean, I, I, I'm still a big hoop head. I've always liked the NBA. I enjoy it. I think the 80s and 90s were totally a different era. Uh, I was young during the 90s, but I do remember it. And I do think that it was, <clears throat> it was fun and it was attractive. But I do remember a lot of, and we're seeing that in the documentary, a lot of, 74 to 68 final scores, which now would be a first half score in a Rockets game here. You know what I mean? So I do think that, yeah, it's different. It's different ball, different, different sport, really, that we're watching. Do, do still think that it's a lot of fun. But what you were saying, Raheel, I, I think the numbers will be massive if the NBA were to come back. I, I do think so. I don't think that there's any question about that. And I, and I do like Adam Silver saying, look, if you don't want – if you think a negative or, excuse me, a positive test is going to shut this down – then let's go ahead and end all discussion right now because there will be a positive test or two and maybe a lot. It is going to happen. It is part of our lives now. So if you guys don't want to go down this road, let's just shut down the season. And I'm totally okay with that logic of there is going to be risk involved. And if you guys don't want to do it, we're not going to think less of you. Let's just stop the conversations. Let's stop trying to figure out the logistics of all this because this is our new normal right now. Yeah. Um, look, I think we have to hold, it's like everything we're doing in life right now, work, youth sports, everything we have to kind of have a, um, a short-term goal and then the long-term goal. Uh, and I'll give you an example for my kids, youth sports tryouts are starting up pretty soon for, for next season. Well, we're in May. Do we really need to be doing it now? We always have, um, but we're not even sure there's going to be a season, right? But you still have to plan accordingly. I think uh, the NBA has to stay on top of mind. Um, and, and try to have a season, especially if they're not going to start next year until December anyway. I think you've got a window through, what, middle of Ju- July perhaps to try to get some kind of tournament, some kind of mini season in. Because uh, magically we could get a vaccine. Magically we could see some, you know, the dramatic numbers will have more history. Uh, I don't think we have to decide today. I hope we get it, though. It's really, it's really the unknowns. I, I, I really do feel like – it's so difficult to make any of these decisions when we really, really just don't know what's next and what's going to happen next. And what are the next steps that we need to take to protect ourselves and protect the, everyone who is uh, vulnerable to, to this disease? So, yeah, I, I just think it's very tough right now to, to move forward when we don't have too many answers. Uh, hopefully they'll start uh, 
trickling in slowly and surely and we can get back to normalcy, a somewhat normalcy, um, especially with sports fan. I know we all miss it. Okay, if we all had to wager some money on this, who comes back first? The MLB or the NBA? I'm guessing MLB. Yeah, they're closer. I mean, and I feel like the news that has trickled out recently where they haven't really talked as much in these owner-player meetings about the salary stuff is a a good sign. I feel like, you know, if you you agree on 80% of the deal, and right now we just got to figure out the financials, and the financials are a huge part. I feel like they'll find a way to make it work. And their opening date, yeah. And their opening date is, is scheduled for the first of July. Between there, right? The NBA they are allowing players to get back in and work out with team representatives. The Houston Rockets, by the way, they are going to start that up on the 18th, I believe. That was the date that we heard. Um, is there a chance they jump right into the playoffs? You know, come June, let's say June 14th, a month from now. Do they jump right into the playoffs? If they do come back, I don't think they could do that. I think there's going to be way too much scrutiny on them for that. That's what they talk about now, moving everything back to the, to the start of the season, to, to December. So they have the time to fit everything in there, to fit a regular season and to fit the, uh, fit the playoffs in, and then be able to still take a relative break before a theoretical December start or Christmas Day start to the next season, which I honestly believe that would benefit them. This was, there was already talk of that even before this whole crisis uh, began. Um, yeah, I know. I think they still have room to have to do the rest of the regular season and then the playoffs. Okay. Do we do we all think we're gonna get sports? I mean, I, I think we all. Let me rephrase this. This summer, I think we feel we're gonna get some kind of sports, right? If it's the MLS, the NBA. But I'm talking fall. After we have a couple of months of history with sports, do we really think the NFL is coming back in the fall? Steph, uh, what, what have you been hearing? I mean, the NFL is going is is moving full steam ahead with their dates and with their schedule. Uh, obviously, some things can change. I think the NFL is more likely. I think college football is probably not going to happen for us this year. Uh, there's obviously so many other things that go into college football and having students back on campus. If you have the, the NCAA president even said, uh, if you have the student athletes, students back, if you can't have the students back, you can't have the student athletes back. And I think that's what they're looking at. But the NFL, look, we watched the UFC the other day. I watched those fights. If that can happen, I know it's only two guys in a ring and you're getting different fights, but I can't see why the NFL can't think that they would be able to be able to be on the field and keep their players safe and do it in a bubble. I hope so, man. I hope we get something, but I, I want everybody to be safe. How is uh, life at ESPN for you? Like, what 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 is your daily routine right now during this pandemic? I mean, are are you doing the hits from home? Or are you how how are you staying? engage obviously and as a new dad as well we um well i mean every morning i go to my office and just what i'm doing is constantly pitching different content ideas whether for myself or whether other markets uh we have been doing some things from home i did some text and stuff for the draft uh and also post draft as well um working on a couple of other things but yeah i mean everything is from home everything is home studio there is going to be no travel as far as espn is concerned nothing that involves an airplane or a hotel for at least the next month, uh, maybe extended into July. Um, there's a possibility of some local coverages here if things start to open up. Uh, if we do end up getting some access to the Rockets, which is going to be very tough as well. Uh, I know, and I can tell you this, 
that ESPN has been in negotiations with the NBA and with MLB. If there is some sort of action as far as teams working out together or, or players working out individual workouts, the attempting to get video and to get audio from them uh, out to the general public coming through ESPN, I, I think that, that would be as much content as we can hope for in, in this era right now, in this period of time that we're living. But it is going to be tough to do anything else. We're not allowed to travel. Uh, we're not allowed to go anywhere, like I said, for at least another month. Um, my next remote assignment, I guess, if you want to call it, would be uh, the uh, tournament in the Colon- at Colonial in Fort Worth, the golf tournament. That's going to be the first one back. So hopefully we'll get up there. But even that, I know, is going to be severely limited uh, for the media. Uh, there's going to be right. a, probably only two producers and two reporters allowed uh, from ESPN with having to use pool cameras as well. So it, it's going to be a, a totally normal for us in our in our uh, in our field for sure. Man, that is crazy. It, it, the adjustment and you know, like this isn't turning it into what was me or anything like that. But the adjustment for media as well, trying to get that footage, trying to get the access, trying to get the sound bites, trying to work on a story, doing a hit and all of that. This is going to be an adjustment for everyone. Um, not just the athletes, not the logistics side from the league, but also the media. This is going to be so much fun to watch how guys are going to rise to the top or, hey, some people are just going to fall off. Like, hey, we, we couldn't get this done. This is going to be fun to watch. It's it, it's tough, right? Because it, you, you also can't really blame the players or the leagues or the, the arena staff or, or stadium staff for not allowing you to go to certain places and do the certain things that you would normally do to create content can't really blame them but also we're trying to do our job as well so yeah like you said not for a woe with me but it's going to be an adjustment like it will for everybody i'm just ready for something you know and i don't know what that yeah. something is and if it's you know, i i will say this and, and Stefan, i'm sure you feel the same way about espn i i and i've told raheel this several times i am very happy with how abc 13 has handled sports these last two months because we have had full sports cast for two months and it wow. doesn't feel like, other than highlights, right? It doesn't feel like we're in COVID other than it's the topic at hand, right? Like we're, we've brought athletes daily. We've gotten human interest stories. We've gotten workouts. We've been there. Um, so from that perspective, um, I, I'm very proud of what we've been able to do. But it's also getting harder, right? You know, you go to your go-to guys, you, you do the story. And eventually we need the games because that's why people watch. They don't necessarily... The, the buildup is cool, but there's got to be a payoff as well. I applaud ABC 13 for doing that. It's very the, the easy way, the easy thing. The easy thing would have been to just wipe sports out completely and been able to just focus everything on news. Uh, I, I know that a previous station that I worked at probably would have done that. And I, I applaud ABC 13 for continuing to stick to sports and being able to tell some of those stories that are happening right now. Because, like, you know, everything is being affected. It's not just uh, politics. It's not just businesses everything and that includes sports and i think that we're serving the public by demonstrating what's going on in that part of the world as well absolutely man absolutely hey let's uh we want to rapid fire some questions at you and i want to get some pop culture in here as well so let's start with the one thing that we're all watching right now the last dance okay so let's go around the table who is coming off the best in the last dance right now go ahead steph all right, uh, who's coming off the best? I would say I'm going to maybe throw one that's not been talked about too much. I think Phil Jackson is coming off the best. I think he's coming off as 
we all know he was the Zen master, but he had and won all those titles, but he had a lot of negative moments to the to the newer generation of NBA fans, right? Those Knicks days were terrible, and they were very bad for his legacy. And I think that he is being kind of shined into the light as this great mastermind of managing talent, managing players, and I think he's the guy who's looking the best so far to the, to the fans that don't know him necessarily as the Bulls coach, uh, legendary coach with six titles. David? Uh Two, two answers for you. I think Ron Harper, he said like four <laughs> words, but he's been great. Like the four words he has said has been phenomenal. And I just think MJ is both your, your coming off the best and the worst. I think for some people, it's a surprise how mean and how dark he could get and the gambling side, like really being exposed. But I also think it's opening. It's either it's affirming what my generation thought about him. Like, see, I told you he's the greatest of all time. Um, and then for others, like I've seen the younger generation be like, this guy's the best of all time. He shot X amount of percentage. He couldn't shoot the three. He did this and that. So, but I, I think it's been MJ, but Ron Harper made me laugh, man. He's been fantastic. Okay. I agree with one of our commenters. And it's one of my friends, Johnny, but he says, check out your screen. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. Okay. Steve Kerr has won this whole thing. I love what Steve Kerr has uh, done in this documentary. He comes off as an uh, as 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 a figure that was like, yeah, you know what? I got punched, but it made our relationship better. He's a positive figure, and that's how he is. Uh, I mean, you've covered him so many times. He really is that guy. Like he he's trying to get the best out of you. It's a positive spin. I'm going Steve Kerr. Let, let me throw something in there. And I think Steph can agree with me. I'm going to tell you, I know it's popular to hate the Warriors. They are so great to deal with from a media no, standpoint, other than KD when he was there. Steph answers everything. Draymond is like a dream. Like um, yeah. he, is, he is polite, answers your questions. Steve Kerr is easy to talk to. Like even though they are as big as the Heat and as big as the, the Bulls and, you know, of their time – it doesn't feel that way when you cover them at their facility, when you're around them. They are just, I think, look, I know it's not cool in Houston to like them. <laughs> I've enjoyed covering them because they're not hard to deal with. The best. The yeah. best team to cover. Maybe in all of pro sports here in the United States, honestly. They, they are, it's, it's a dream to deal with them. They're not just the players and the coaches, but also even their media relations staff. That's going somewhere else. But Steve Kerr, uh, the reason I don't think he needs to come off He's not coming off the best in this documentary because everybody kind of already likes him because he's only be, he's being the same guy he normally is to you know what he is on a day to day basis even now in the limelight as a Warriors coach. Okay, who is coming off the worst in this documentary, The Last Dance? I mean, it's I don't want to be like it's the easiest answer, but Scottie Pippen, right? I mean, yeah. even though it's kind of tough because he had so many good moments in his career and. Might have been one of the most underrated players of his generation. Uh, but, you know, not having the ankle surgery uh, and saying, I don't want, he doesn't want to mess up his summer. And uh, he didn't say it that way, but you know what I mean. Um, and, and not wanting to go in in that playoff game where, or coach got the last shot and won the game. I, I do think he's coming off uh, pretty bad, but maybe it's not fair because those are glaring moments, but he had so many other good moments as well. So. I agree, but I, I'm not a Scottie Pippen fan, A, because I didn't like him when he played for the Rockets, so I, I hold that against him and his <laughs> attitude. But I, I'll, I'll give you another. I, I think Horace Grant 
kind of came across, hey, he looks different. Like, that's not what the Horace Grant I covered. Like, there's something no, a little different about Horace, okay? Uh, and also, I kind of believe he is the one who leaked that info to, uh, what's his name from the Chicago newspaper? And, like, even Sam though Smith. he said he didn't, it kind of came across that he did. So, I would say Horace is 1B. Okay, but uh, uh, a guy that I love following, and I think he's brilliant from the ringer, uh, Jason Concepcion, a.k.a. Network, and he does NBA Desktop. I think he, he laid it out best. It was Phil Jackson who leaked all the information. He's only written 500 books regarding the locker room, so maybe it was Phil who leaked it. I mean, we, everybody knows. He used to do that all the time, even as a Lakers coach. He would come into the media and leak, leak certain things to – create a little tension or create he used to play those mind games better than anybody so i wouldn't i wouldn't doubt it i mean michael is going to consistently blame horace grant like he did in the documentary but it's not out of phil's character at all that i've done that what else you got real okay what about isaiah thomas hear me out isaiah thomas is coming off the worst in the last dance Okay, we already knew he was he was a gritty player, and his basketball is not in concern here. I, I never would question his basketball abilities. One of the greatest small guys uh, to ever play the game, if not the greatest. Allen Iverson is still out there, so every time somebody says that, guys, AI is still out there. But um, how much he's now spinning everything, it's turned me off on Isaiah Thomas so much. And if the entire Dream Team hates you, there's something wrong with you. Except for Barkley. He said he still likes Isaiah. Uh, Magic said he's still friends with them. But come on. You know there was more to it than just Jordan keeping him off the team. That was a that was a multiplayer approach of let's not bring Isaiah into this. He It, it was shocking to see how how much Michael still resents him, how much he still doesn't like him, and how that is it's still just as fresh as it was back in the 80s. It's, it was wild to see that. Best Look. meme, sorry, best meme to come out of this documentary. Michael, right? Yeah, the one the, of him the, laughing at Gary Payton? Oh yeah. my yeah. god. It's fantastic. That the, the, the little head shake's gonna be the best gift moving forward, right? A little like oh, that is the best. <laughs> he is the so most good. memeable athlete ever now. Yeah, I mean, how many are we talking now? Because we have that, we have the, the obviously the crying face. I mean, we're, there's so many with him. It is the easiest, most memeable face. Dave, you there? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. There's been a delay on my side. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's that that when he's looking at the Gary thing, that's the the greatest thing ever. Um, I, I, so I, I, I gotta say this real quick. Tony Kukoc, I think, has come across pretty well on this. I don't know what yeah. you guys think, but I think he's come across pretty well. Yeah, they made him seem uh, – they went to the – they started with the whole dream team thing and how Michael and Scotty just would ravage him ravaged him in those games. But he's come across kind of as a good guy uh, and, and guy who was kind of picked on early even though it wasn't really his fault, but they just used that used him. And um, and I did think he came across as a nicer guy. Uh, he was he, – I thought when the whole thing with the Scotty Pippen not wanting to go back in, I thought that was really interesting to hear his perspective of it. It's like, well, I made the shot. In the game, it's like you know, like, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, all right, you can follow Stefano on Twitter at Fusaro ESPN. You see it on your screen, and for those of you listening on the audio side, make sure you follow him. Man, uh, it was awesome talking to you, David. I know you had some uh, bad bunny content you wanted to discuss, so let's get into that. Hey guys, you're, you're so proud of this. 
Okay, first off, I don't want to like Bad Bunny. All right, I'm gonna go lay it out there. I don't want to, but I like Bad Bunny. And and, and everybody gives Mac Mattress Mac, you know, all the props in the world for how he's handled, and he deserves them, right? And, and and there's been a bunch of real philanthropists shining. But what about Bad Bunny? What he has done for the music industry? Two albums during COVID, not one, but two, and they're both banging, guys. Bad Bunny is the real MVP. All right, ba ba ba. So, so you're not, you don't think that the German Bundesliga is going to gain a lot of fans? But Bad Bunny, he got you, buddy. Bad Bunny is dominating <laughs> Spotify. Go check it. He, he, I, know, I believe, I know, has I the quickest uh, to a million streams in Spotify's history. Uh, that first wow. album that he had on COVID because he made it free to the public. Smart move. The guy, I mean, he's he's a strange-looking fellow. I understand maybe half of what he says, but he's the real MVP because he makes some jams. Okay, who's your pop culture MVP, Steph? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know if you guys – this might not be that – it's not nowhere near as funny as Bad Bunny, but it was kind of cool. David Guetta had a concert in Miami uh, out for, you know, up for, to raise – uh, money for COVID-19. Uh, he had a, a big temp concert in front of him. It was watched by millions of people around the world. I thought that was kind of cool. I enjoyed it. So I, thought, I think I'll give it to him. How about that? Uh, but David, I want to see, I want to see you then. If you're such a bad bunny fan, uh, Halloween's coming around when, when it does maybe a bad bunny outfit. Yes. Yeah. That's not going to happen guys. Come All on. Right. Oh, come no. on. Come so on. He, he, he's not in my top five. I'm just saying he's shine during COVID. It's still a Nicky Nicky Jam world for me. <laughs> what about what about Guy Fieri? Raised twenty million dollars plus for the restaurant relief fund. Uh, he takes you to Flavor Town all weekend long on Food Network. All right, he's 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 the hero we needed in all of this. All right, Guy Fieri is the most valuable player during the pandemic. Let me say this real quick. I don't watch my competition, Raheel. As you know, I'm a uh, rising chef in the uh, digital realm with my Goya show. So I don't watch the competition. Uh, I'm sure he's done a lot of good stuff, but it's like I just don't watch him. So uh, props to me and Goya. How about that? Yeah. Shout out to Goya. He's always about the brand. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're yeah, done. Anything else, guys? Probably. I think New everybody, done. Yeah, everybody stay safe. Be good, man. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And follow everybody on Twitter to get the latest at Fusaro, ESPN, F-U-S-A-R-O, ESPN, at David Nuno, ABC 13. And then, of course, follow me at the underscore Raheel. Thank you, everyone, for watching. We will talk to you next time. Later, guys. Later, guys.